This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Kreuzer, hello and welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Naif, a busy week. Wrexham. Back at the Kairas, another win, five wins in a row, four goals scored, three points, two goals each for Palmer and Mullin. Only one Wrexham AFC as we put on our Instagram. How are you doing, mate? I'm I'm all right. I've kind of got that song stuck in my head, and I know Paul Mullen has. I've still got that. Here comes the money. That I've got that one in my head. So that's that's basically been haunting my entire week. But uh, good to see that. Uh, Mullin has seen the funny side of that and uh, and clearly that's been a talking point in the dressing room if you saw Ollie Palmer, Mendy, Reese Hall Johnson all commenting that uh, money, 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 dollar, dollar. I don't know all the lyrics, but there you go. Uh, and people don't want to come on here listening to me sing those lyrics, so I'm going to spare you all, but that's in my head, Rich. And yeah, five, five wins in a row, looking good. I thought the Dorking result was... God dare I say it was it was so straightforward, wasn't it? We I think I described it a bit like a preseason game, but yeah, win over Dagenham. I don't care what form Dagenham are in. That's a, that's a really good result. You know, last season we edged it at home. Probably should have lost that game, and we lost comfortably away on the last day of the season. So it's hard to see past. I said this I think on Twitter. It's hard to see past us going unbeaten at home. That's a really bold declaration, but that's, that's what I think. I I, I think we can. We can go and beat in at home and, and then it's all about what can we do on the road. That is going to be our bread and butter, isn't it? The, the home form again. Of course, we only lost once there in all competitions last season. That was against Yeovil. Being a pessimistic Wrexham fan, as I always always am, I do think that there might be a hiccup, a hiccup in there somewhere. Of course, we've got this appetising game with Chesterfield at home before the end of the year, which is a really... It's good that that's got to be out of the way before the business end of the season, really. It's not going to be too much of a distraction. But yeah, Dagenham debrief to come. We'll also look at the the return to re- reserve action. Wrexham lost against Bolton uh, in midweek. We'll preview the new the latest two documentary episodes and look ahead to Southend this weekend. Naif, I know we've got some admin to get through at the top of the podcast. As always, please do leave a like and subscribe if you are new around here. Word of mouth as well as the best way to help us grow and, and to give something back. Of course, we're feeling very generous. We've got the donation tab now on our on our website as well. But speaking of that, Naif, Facebook page as well, Rob Ryan Red. Instagram, Rob Ryan Red. Twitter, Rob yeah. Ryan Red. So yeah, we're now on Facebook. You can search for the, the official page there. And in terms of the website, yes, it might be a bit quiet since we launched it, but there is more content on the way. And Nath, you've been working on a piece in particular. Yeah, I was. Uh, I just thought I would look more in focus at a player, and I'm no, you know, I'm no analyst or anything like that. I'm I'm not uh, au fait with all the different numbers, but I did have some access to kind of an analytical tool database, if you want to call it that. Uh, and I thought I would look take a close look at Aaron Hayden, look at the footage, 
just analyze his positioning and, and how he reads the game and in the air. So I've kind of pulled together a bit of a piece there with some nifty graphics of of some recent performances this season, Aaron Hayden, good and bad, you know, moments where he's he'll be looking at to improve and, and obviously moments where, as Phil Parkinson told me at Woking, where, you know, he's unmarkable really. Um as as he showed especially the first goal I thought against Woking where he peels off at the back post. So robryanred.com today that is already out by the time you listen to this that will be live so go and have a read and share it around if you like it and and more of those to come um not just with players of the month but we'll see i'll, I'll pick and choose different players as we go yeah uh debriefer best performance of the season so far do i get into my doom and gloom woe is me stuff now or do i do i get yes the, i feel like just get that out of the way so it's all positive i feel like you get that out of the way rich so yeah dagnum game fantastic way home Punctured tyre, bit of a oh. bit of a nightmare driving from Wrexham to Manchester at midnight with a flat tyre. Wake up at 7am for work, then get a phone call saying, can you get to Manchester United's training ground in 45 minutes for open training that I hadn't been warned about? Go to open training. That's, you know, that's all fine. Get, come back home, trying to buy a house. So I have to get all my money out of my premium bonds account. Forget Is the my tire pa- still punctured at this point. Is well, it? that's been fixed since. But yeah, so my punctured tire gets me to Carrington and back. Then I come wow. home, have to get all the money out of my premium bonds account for the house we're buying. Accidentally lock myself out of the account. It's going to take four or five days for them to to send me in the post a password to get my money back. That's an absolute nightmare. I just want to sort of get a pillow and just scream into it. And today You've got a chest been, to feel the way in real life, mate. Today has just been the day from hell. But I keep on thinking, God, Wrexham were good last night. And that's been the one thing getting me through it. Dagenham at home, the best performance of the season so far. For me, there was four standout players in particular. And no offence here, I, I do not... I mean, I know why Paul Mullen got my other match, because everyone wants to meet him afterwards. But I have no idea how, performance-wise, he got it. Max Cleworth, immense. Anthony Ford, the best game he's had so far. James Jones, incredible. But Ollie Palmer, wow, that was an incredible display. And the focus at the start of the season was he looked a bit rusty, didn't he? Before that Woking game, he gets that tap in, which gives him the confidence boost. And Naif, ever since Ollie Palmer has been a man possessed, him and Mullin. That is not a National League strike force, not a League 2 strike force. That's the top end of League 1. I mean, it's so cliche when you talk about it, but you just need that goal to get you going. And the longer it goes on and the longer you kind of you get in your own head about it. And I'm a person that overthinks massively. So I can't imagine if I was playing, you know, how I would deal with adversity. And I mean, Moen and Palmer have both shown, in my opinion, that same personality trait that... You know, obviously, like all good strikers, they want to score goals, but it wasn't coming for Palmer. And the longer it went on, the more the more he just looked frustrated. And then he was snapping chances and 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 maybe not doing things he was doing before with such ease. He was just overthinking it a little bit. But he gets that tap in, which I don't think is the easiest finish in the world. I know it's from close range, but you can still I've seen those messed up in the past by other players. And since then, I mean, he got a goal against Woking. He got a goal with the help of a deflection against Gateshead in that win at home, 3-1. Gets a second goal that night. Gets two against Dorking. I thought he had three, but when you watch it back, he got two. And two again last night. So I think there's going to be, not just in the league, I think Palmer and Mullen are going to have a real good scrap to try and get top scorer this season. There was incredible odds before the start of the season for Palmer to get top goal scorer. I know not everyone's got to be into betting and yeah, you know, that's a separate sort of issue. But it's just interesting that Palmer hasn't ever sort of been described as this goal scorer for us. He's always sort of been the extra piece, hasn't he? Someone who brings Mullin into play, who's effective for our style of play. But the types of goals he scores and the threat he carries in the final third is is incredible. And again, I know that he proved a lot of us wrong when he signed initially his actual hold-up play, the the turn of pace he's got, he is just incredible. And that is just... I mean, no, we wanted to get into it ourselves, Nath. It's one of the all-time great Wrexham strike forces, I feel, already. Obviously, you probably need promotion to solidify that. And Palmer's only been here, what, eight months, really? So you yeah. can't be getting you know too excited about it. But it's the fact that if we got promoted, 
okay, we might need another striker as backup, but we wouldn't have to replace either of them, I don't think. They are just incredible. And for me as a strike force, I mean, the lads over uh, the MySquin pre-match, Connolly and Bennett, you know, that's that's obviously the creme de la creme, but... <sighs> yeah, I mean, look, there, there, look, there have been some great strikers at the football club. You think Watkin, Bennett, Connolly... I think it was Bennett and Watkin, no? They were at the MySquin before How the game. It? Yeah, so I think it was those two, and you know they were br- they were brilliant, and there'll be you know there'll be lots of fans that would pick them too. Or you think King Carl Connolly, amazing. You know Juan Ugarte is my all time favorite Wrexham player. Um, just absolutely all, all everything about his game I just loved. Louis Malt we've had on the podcast before. You know Michael Bakare, Sean Harad, <laughs> and uh, I mean they they're in a tier of their own, Rich above. They've got like godlike status. If you know who they are, you've uh, you've suffered enough with Wrexham. But there's been there's been loads of great strikers. I mean, think you go back even even further now, um, long before we were you know around. And think the big Jim, you know, big Jim Steele is is one that you know older fans point to and say, remember those European nights, Porto and and uh, Roma and I was actually watching some of that footage back and just phenomenal but it's really it's really hard to I don't know we're always era dependent and a lot of that talk this week about I've seen it in Premier League level all-star games and you know this isn't what we would have done 10 20 years ago but in you're terms always going to have strikers, a preference to the ones you've yeah. watched as well aren't totally. you and the ones totally. who have given you those moments in person it's not the same watching it on 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 footage and I think you can you know, could you could you imagine now with with the kind of players behind him, how Tommy Bamford would have got on? We can we can guess. We we don't know for sure. We've never seen it. What would Paul Mullen have been like against Porto in the in the Cup Winners' Cup? We don't know. So, no point speculating. But we've all got kind of favourite strike forces, and I'd have to say that for a, a good chunk of fans, definitely younger fans, Mullen and Palmer has been the best it's been in a, in a long old while for Wrexham. It's just a joy to watch, and again, just, just loving it. But to get onto some of the other players, then, like we said, Palmer was our man of the match. It was a robbery that he didn't get it. But James Jones, excellent in the midfield. That balance looks looks pretty settled at the moment. But Nath, just on Tom O'Connor, the reason he wasn't in the squad is because he's injured, isn't it? He's had he's had rotten luck with injury, hasn't he? Um, and I, I don't want to say it's it's. I mean, it's not a Sean Brisley type situation, but. I honestly don't believe that Tom O'Connor's had a proper run at it. You know, he, he came in a couple of games, gets injured away at Chesterfield last season, ends up coming, you know, he has a little bit of a cameo in the FA Trophy final, playing left centre-back in place of Tyler French for that game. It just, his Wrexham career has just been so tricky to define. I don't really know. Um, somebody was asking me a question actually about Sam Dolby, and I know we'll get onto him in, in the reserve game, but... Again, there's certain players that just haven't had a consistent run at it, and I think Tom O'Connor's one of them. So, you know, wishing him all the best in his recovery, but it just shows you that Jones and Young have, have now, I think, both firmly established themselves as the as the primary options. Uh, and I think what you saw against Dagenham was the first choice eleven, and I think that will be the team that he will lean on Parkinson time and again now. And it, it is about fitness and form and all of those players have got to obviously keep performing but if they're fit and they're playing well that'll be the team that we'll see more often than not fan hubs nightmare of giving away free pints to Wrexham <laughs> fans now that they've sussed out the uh, the preferred lineup but you can't use that in wales though, apparently you can't use the free pint i don't know what's going on yeah i saw that in the, in the t's and c's but thankfully yeah. being manchester based there you go not a problem for you on so not a problem for you we're talking about the preferred lineup we're talking about the midfield setup but just as important nafe is the wing backs now they've both had spells of looking a little bit iffy at times mendy was a bit more understandable ford dropped out of the team really didn't he when hasana uh, picked up a, a you know a, a bit of confidence but now ford and mendy utter class and they are making the difference they they've both been excellent mendy's a fan favorite fans you know they absolutely love him he had a shot from about 35 yards last night tried to control a volley that just flew into the tech end but we we can forgive him because you know he was just loving life ford so engineering so hard working on the right wing so unlucky not to have a goal yet as well he's always getting in, in and around the box but they have been the real difference makers and you can just see that there's been a real lift in quality in those two two positions this season. 
I mean, that 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 is the area of the pitch where pretty much you look at last night. I know you've got Mark Howard in goal rather than Rob Lainton or Christian Dibble, but pretty much of your outfield co- contingent, you know, cohort, they were the only real difference makers from the side that, that didn't get it done last season. You look at it. Um, back three is what we had last season. James Jones, Luke Young, Jordan Davis and the front two. So it, that is where I think a 3-5-2 is made, is made or broken, basically. Because if your wide players are not effective and if your wide players are... I wouldn't say scared because I don't want to kind of say anyone that we've had has been scared to go forward. But I think if they're not confident or they lack, just they lack the comfort of going forward and knowing that they can go up and down the pitch. You know, you need a really good engine. They're they're high. They're, I don't know high, high exhaust. That's not a, a term at all, is it? But they're they're very exhausting in very demanding positions, and so you're going to have to cover a lot of ground. But I just think Mendy. I mean, you you, you know you got you got to watch forward a bit closer there, and and I. Saw him at Yeovil where he was particularly poor, but I think Mendy shades it out of the two of them because I just think he looks so strong physically and you see him players bounce off him, but he gives you such a threat, as a goal threat as he showed at Dorking and an assist threat. And Ford, look, you can see why he spent his entire career in the Football League or above. He, he's a very, very classy player and it, it does seem a, a way back for... Bryce, who we said looked okay against Chesterfield in that defeat. We thought he was one of the brighter, brighter sparks that night. But it's a long way back, I think, for, for Ford and Reese or Johnson. I'm sure they'll get their minutes, they'll get an opportunity. But Mendy and Ford, if you if you compare to this point last season, we had Jamie Record and Tyler French out there. So big dif- big difference. And, and you're seeing the benefits that that brings now. It pushes you further up the pitch. It pins back there either wide centre-back or pins back there, left-back and right-back. And it just means that you keep them penned in a bit more. And we're trusting that Max can drift out wide to the left, comfortable moving laterally. And same for Aaron Hayden on the right. They're both very good cover cover centre-backs. And you've got Ben Toza sort of orchestrating like a quarterback the whole thing. So, yeah, Mendy and Ford, I, I think, have been the key... In, in really unlocking this team in terms of the chances created and, and the efficiency of this team? It's, again, I know you can make sort of ridiculous comparisons, but if you look at... Uh, when when like Pep went to Man City, he put so much emphasis on having proper full-backs, wing-backs who could join the attack. I remember when Chelsea won the league under Conte last, it was, it was Victor Moses and Marcus Alonso, but they were integral yeah. to them winning the league. Liverpool... When when Alexander Arnold and Robertson are playing well, Liverpool are winning games. There is no surprise there. The fullback position and the expectations of them has changed immensely in football, and it's starting to trickle down into the lower leagues. You, you can still have your no nonsense fullbacks in, in most of the lower leagues, but if you if you've got proper creative threats there, but also ones who can defend well, you are off to a, a, a winner because most teams in this league can't compete and. We've been saying, you know, in the past, it's nice to have those those wingers who can offer a bit more. But, you know, the answer, and I was the one crying out for a winger the most, but if you've got wing-backs who are offering that threat and that creativity, then, then you don't need it. And fair play to Parker, he's stuck by his guns. We've all been saying, change formation, change formation. But he's, he's stuck with it throughout, and it's coming good. And Parky Ball is alive and well. And, you know, things can change quickly. Opinions can change as well, but... Fair play to, to Parky. I think he does deserve credit for, for what he's doing so far. Obviously, there's a lot of football still left to pl- be played and the, the table's still very congested at the moment. A win or a defeat can really alter things. So it still is a bit too early to judge properly, but fair play, that, that has come good. One slight negative in the performance, Nafe, is the fact we didn't keep the clean sheet. That would that would be really annoying the players you know, yeah. in, in the hours after that game. And some of them will have lost sleep because... Dagenham offered nothing and we still let them back into the game just with a bit of complacency at the back and yeah it was just really annoying to see that goal going deep into into the lengthy stoppage time. I remember we had that season didn't we I can't even remember a couple of seasons ago is it 2017-18 or something like that 18-19 where we had that clean sheet record under under Keats wasn't it we got something like God, maybe you'll know, 20 clean sheets or something like that. We got a, a club record in terms of clean sheets. I mean, and rubbish was kind of off-the-cuff stats like that. 
But I remember just speaking to players around that time and they were saying, you know, the pride they had in, in getting the clean sheet. And even Aaron Hayden away at Woking scored twice, essentially the match winner, um, man of the match display. And he was still really ticked off that we conceded twice. And one of them was his man, that first goal, James Daly. So it, it shows you that the defence, you know, you score four goals and yet that they're, they're they're irritated by the fact that they haven't kept a clean sheet. But look, we're splitting hairs there on, you know, we're scoring so many goals, we're creating so many chances. But it's just got, it's just a warning sign that if you do switch off, if we do go down the gears, you can be punished by any team at this level. And I saw a, a tweet from Andy Morell, obviously former player and manager for us. And he was saying that he doesn't think the league is as strong as it's been previously but what I would say to that is I do think that top quartet of teams so us Solihull Notts County and Chesterfield I think that's going to be a hell of a fight this season I think all of those teams have got the capability of keeping up a a two point per game average so I, I think we're in for a thriller Rich I think we're in for a really really good season yeah I mean I guess just time of recording if you want an updated league table Chesterfield are top with 20 points in second, it's Wrexham with 19. Third place is Knotts with 18. Fourth and fifth, Solihull and Borenwood both on 17. And then finishing the uh, the sort of playoff positions at this early stage, a few uh, surprise packages, Wealdstone and York. Fair play to them. They're both both doing well early on. But like you said, Nath, I do think it'll be Chesterfield, Wrexham, Knotts and, and Solihull who do sort of pull away and, and have that sort of four-legged race to... <laughs> To, to go for the title in the later stages. It's going to be really interesting. Of course, Wrexham are the highest scorers in the league and only conceded eight goals in eight games as well, which is the same defensive record as Chesterfield. Uh, Notts County have only conceded six, along with Wilson and York, whose early runs have been sort of formed on their solidity at the back. So really interesting. And of course, some, some more interesting games for Wrexham on the horizon. We'll get onto them towards the end of the podcast as well. It wasn't just the first team in action this week. Wrexham made their return to reserves action, which we know is something that lots of fans will be passionate about as well because we just haven't been able to do it in recent years. And now we've got the squad depth, we can enter into a proper league and have this these meaningful runouts for, for the reserve players as well and, and give them a, a taste of actual action. And yeah, it was a strong side that played against Bolton on Wednesday. Wrexham lost 3-1 and the goal that we scored was an own goal. So there's no you know, first strike for Dolby to get him underway in a Wrexham shirt. Liam McElinden started, as did Jake Bickerstaff. Mountfield was the captain. Tunnicliffe played as well. And there was also an opportunity for the trialist Scott Butler, formerly of Swansea under 21s. Uh, he was released in the summer. He's a free agent, a centre back, uh, right footed centre back. Just want to keep an eye on. He's gone, even if he were to sign, he'd be way off the sort of first team pitcher, Scott mm. Butler. So he played, but Wrexham lost 3 1. And quirk of the game, Nath, Bolton scored directly from two corner kicks. How does that happen? How, how do you concede directly from? I mean, we haven't seen the clips from the game, but and maybe they'll be out by the time this is out, but that, that's got to be disappointing, hasn't it? You know, we I think we saw some quotes, didn't we, that Rory Watson really wants to play and push Mark Howard, and I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not strengthening your case there. Because it, but look, it, it there could be factors attributed to you know whether he was blocked or fa- we don't know, do we? We haven't seen it, but yeah, conceding twice from a corner that is absolutely bizarre. Another quirk as well. No Harry Lennon involved. We'd have thought that he'd be in and around the reserve team picture because then we were told he was only. A little while yeah. off a few weeks ago, maybe another setback. I don't want to speculate too much on that, but yeah, it's disappointing that that he wasn't involved in this one. But yeah, like we said, it's 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 just about minutes, a, really. You, a lot not... in there that a lot in there. I did like though, Rich, the fact that you, you mentioned there, Will Mountfield, Dan Jones played, Kai you know, Evans, others, Kai Evans, other players like that. Who it's brilliant for them to get. I mean, I think Bolton would have used a couple of their first team. Of returning first teamers, I think I saw some of their fans put um, on social media. So you know, it's a really, really good test in a game that actually is 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 somewhat meaningful. I know it's not the first team or whatever, but it's still a, a meaningful game in a table in a, in a competition. 
So, you know, the result the results should and will matter. I know Dave Jones has taken that and he he's not there for a jolly. He wants to win games and, and prove himself as a coach. So I think a lot can be learned from that. And and look, Jordan Tonicliffe getting minutes, but it's the youngsters for me that should be looking at someone like Mats Kluwerth and thinking that is what I want to, to be able to do. It's not, I, I get it's not straightforward and it's not easy, but, you know, Max for me is absolutely crucial to the kind of identity of the club because he is proof that a pathway still exists. If you're good enough, you can still make the grade. And at the start of the season, there was all this talk about would Max fall to fifth choice centre back? Would he, you know, would he just be replaced by Jordan Tunnicliffe? Yeah, if anything, he's raised his level. He's improved further to the point where I remember we had Wayne Phillips on the podcast, and he was saying then that he thought Championship clubs would be having a look at Max. You know, it'd be inevitable that that scouting departments would be casting an eye over him. You know, you put a tweet out last night, which I thought summed it up just how great Max is and. Did I say it on a podcast before, Rich? I'm pretty sure I did, that I think Max will, will go on to win Player of the Year, which may be controversial because it, it seems like the, with the popularity of Mullin and the popularity of Oli Palmer, it's almost bound to be one of them two. But I, I think Max is, Max is a 7, 8 out of 10 every single game. There's a long way to go and, and all that sort of thing, but I think he's got everything that I want in a player. Um, you know, he's very, very quiet and... and uh, you know, kind of non non controversial off the pitch. So he's a great role model in that respect, and he's got a voice. You know, like Dean Keats was saying, you can't put a voice into a player, but he has that. He has that voice, and he's telling players older than him, go here, get there, fix up, basically. So, absolutely love Max, and and I hope we can keep him for a long time to come, and I hope he can grow with us because he's a fabulous, fabulous footballer. And again, sort of a comparative player is, you know, Doug Farm now, a, well, he got yeah. signed by Blackpool in the summer. He's on loan at Accrington Stanley now, but type of player who, you know, we're given a few chances in the first team. We loaned him out to Telford, to Tamworth. He then went to Curzon Ashton, but, you know, there wasn't that pathway properly for him to, to develop. And now, you know, he's a football league centre-back at the age of 23. To still have Max, you know, at the club is is as big as any signing we made in the summer. It's just the type of sign, the type of player we would have lost for you know pittance in in the years gone by. Yeah. And you think of, I mean, this is going to sound like an unnecessary dig because it is. But last night we were talking, <laughs> myself and Lewis, uh, who I sit by in the tech end, we talk talk about centre backs and just how good you know Max is compared to other ones. And then I realised Curtis Tilt plays in the Championship and starts every single week and is also a Jamaica international now. How did that happen? But I mean, like Max I is good for us now. I thought Curtis he's Tilt okay. Was he went on marauding runs. I, for me, Curtis Tilt was just one of those centre backs who raced up the pitch playing one twos and you sort of you know trying to trying trying to do everything but defend. And that you're made, talking made like, like you're talking about Curtis Tilt like he's Hamza Ben Sharif. What's, what's well, that going is on? what sparked what? the conversation. Actually, it was <laughs> Hamza Ben Sharif. It's when Mendy had that shot. But it's always it, Hamza Ben Sharif, isn't it? Why it's always Hamza when it comes to these conversations. But, but my point mainly was, you know, if Cur- Curtis Tilt, he was a, you know, was a good centre back for us, can go and now be a regular starter for Wigan in the Championship, plays every game full ninety. Max to me is as good as any sort of centre back I've seen us have in the non-league years, particularly in that role. He's not a no-nonsense centre back, but the football he plays, you know, that's why I sort of compare him a bit to Tilt because Tilt was good on the ball, really good with his feet. Yeah. Max was bailing out the defence against Dagnum. He was vocal. He was, you know, just just doing the dirty work, putting important blocks there. Wasn't afraid to, you know, ping a ball if he if he decided that was the best option or play it out short and safe. He just looks so elegant. He's the sort of typical Rolls Royce footballer. He's just a joy to watch. He just purrs along. I, I, I saw a thing about uh, do players ever get compared to cars that aren't a Rolls Royce? Why? Why do they only get compared to Rolls Royce? I don't know the answer to that. Is there any other cars that we could compare them to? An Audi no. or something like that? No. I, this is where my, as the mechanic who repaired my puncture on a on on Wednesday will have found out. I know nothing about cars, so I'm not really, going to pretend. I, I know apps. I know absolutely yeah. nothing. Uh, what what happened with the tire then? Where did it get fixed? On I was route, gonna say, I, you, you interrupted my Anthony Ford Mondeo pun. Sorry, but... I was sorry. I, I was just going to. I felt like we need to get to the bottom of it. I don't know how you made it home from Wrexham 
with a flat tire. Well, it wasn't fully flat. It was a, it was a slow oh, puncture, so it oh, was. I see. I we see. managed to get to, and then and then drove to Stratford uh, Wednesday. We were just crawling home with like a, a wheel basically burned out at the back. <laughs> no, it's not that not that desperate. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah been avoided thankfully, but yeah. Good, the message, good the takeaway stuff. message from this podcast is get your tires checked and make sure the pressures checked. are full. Uh, as full as possible. On, on Max, though, quickly. On Max, quickly, before you get into your Anthony Ford Mondeo uh, pun. Do, what, what do you think about Max? The longer he plays in a three, do you think... I don't know. I always think, what would he look like in a two? I, I can't really remember him him playing in a two now. Um, no, I think it I, works I've well. I think, two. I think the back three works well because everyone has a very specific role. So I... I yeah, you could change him into a two, and I think he'd be absolutely fine there because he's such a good player. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. But, I mean, he reminds me, the, the analogy I always make is he reminds me of John Stones at Barnsley. He is just an absolute joy to watch with the ball at his feet, and he's just so composed, reads the game so well. You look at him, he, yeah, he's not the most physical, he's, he's not the most muscular, but he doesn't need to be because he adapts his game to, to work. And he's not just doing this against, you know, sort of flaky forwards. These are no-nonsense, experienced pros who know every trick in the book, know how to rile someone up and provoke them. And Max just shrugs his shoulders and just goes about his own thing. And, and he and gets does targeted it. every time. But, but he, he does it without breaking the sweat as well. He just looks so casual in possession and just so comfortable. He's an absolute joy to watch. Yeah, I guess that's enough of the sort of match analysis from the Dagnum game and, and that Bolton game. Naif, a new week, two new pod, uh, sorry, documentary episodes to go along with the podcast. Yeah. And yeah, this week we get a, maybe an education on, on Wales, a tongue-in-cheek education, but still an education to the North American audience that Wales is its own separate nation. It's got its own proud history. You do not mistake it with England. It's a very special episode involving learning. Today we're learning about Wales, a land of majesty and epic place names. Good God, I love history. FX's Welcome to Wrexham. And in episode two, they get to watch a game for themselves. And wow, what a crash course in being a Wrexham fan made in Headaway was. I, I, I also just cannot get my head around. I know Rob has gone on TV shows and said, but I also cannot get my head around the fact that that place and word will be repeated into hundreds of thousands of american homes i can't get my head around that i've been there it's it's very nice it's quite a nice gift shop at the station i don't have you ever been yeah but it's just clown via pg isn't it is, is that oh you want to clown via pg i mean i have to say it in full every time just because i, I i'm able because to say it, but because i can and so i will um and i also find it funny that basically the idea of learning welsh Rob and Ryan, I don't know what, how, how true that was, but they said in the video, didn't they, this week, that they had a bet that Rob wouldn't learn Welsh, or Ryan bet that he wouldn't learn Welsh, and so if he did, uh, he would film himself getting a colonoscopy, which I thought, you know, taking the joke out of that and, and everything, I thought that what they're doing there, power to them, you know, being able to combine Wrexham and combine a really worthwhile cause and putting, you know, global spotlight on on a really key issue and i saw all the replies and people saying you know this saved my life or my partner's just been diagnosed with colon cancer and and this is you know a huge motivational boost for them and for me and and yeah i I, they went even higher in my estimations after doing after doing that because it isn't all taking the piss and uh you know just just memeing stuff out so credit to the chairman for that one but yeah wide world of wales I think it'll be very educational. I'm obsessed with the suit jackets that they're wearing as they do it. These kind of like salmon pink. I don't own too much salmon pink, I'll be honest, but a salmon pink blazer with the Wrexham badge stitched on, I want one immediately. I don't know how I can make that happen, but I, I very much want one uh, if anyone knows how to get one. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, imagine going to... Imagine watching Rex and Wayne and just going into town in, in your best, you know, and just wearing that nice jacket with a Rex embroidered badge on it. It is, it is beautiful. But yeah, I, again, another episode of the of the documentary that they didn't have to make. They didn't have no. to make 
an informative piece, you know, in their own obvious style, but with with some real heart and, and emotion in there, describing the importance of Welsh identity to supporters. And of course, you're going to get lots of Wrexham fans who even traditionally aren't from Wales. There's plenty from across the border who grew up watching the club and there's plenty even now who, who, who aren't from North Wales. And there's different varying sort of layers of patriotism in, in our own sort of fan base. But it's a huge part of who Wrexham are as a club. They're a Welsh club playing in the English leagues and there's reason for that. You know, you always get the typical, why don't you go play in the Welsh Prem argument, which is just lazy and in a ill-informed but it is a big part of who we are and we're very proud of who we are and it's just so brilliant again that Rob and Ryan have taken the time to emphasize that and not just to say it in a throwaway comment but they've dedicated an entire episode to why Wrexham are a Welsh team playing in the English leagues why it's so important for us to to be known as a Welsh club there was that tweet a few weeks ago wasn't there where Ryan himself corrected someone who wrongly said that they bought an English club that was class. And it's the fact they get that. They hammer at home as much as we would when these... When, I mean, it's classic Wrexham fan, isn't it? Whenever we see ourselves referred to as an English club or someone puts the old badge with 1873 on it, we correct yeah. them and say, change the badge or we're, we're a Welsh <laughs> club, asterisk. For the owners to hammer that home as well just shows how much they get it. And I, again... I saw it on a talk show, Rich. Sorry to, I sorry to cut you off there. I saw, I saw it on a talk show that Ryan went out of his way to say that the Welsh language is growing. And there was also a great clip. I don't know if you saw this. It was a great clip from, I think that he's the director of Deadpool. I, I forget his name. Forgive me. I don't know what his name is now. But he gave a kind of red carpet interview. And he said that Ryan is absolutely obsessed with Wrexham and Wales to the point where he they need to find a way to distract him because he can't get any work done. He's so obsessed with Wrexham and Wales now that, yeah, this this guy who's directing Deadpool was like, we can't get any work done. So I thought that was very nice. And uh and genuine as well. And you know, you look at the last couple of episodes of the documentary, you've had okay, we had that we had that scene of, of, of Parky shouting there is his triple F bomb. Um, but you know, you had the Hamilton kind of explanation and loads of archival footage there and just giving fans outside of the UK any new fans an idea about the perilous situation of I'd ownership. I'd also say as well that club. I've I've the, the clips they used were from that ITV uh yeah, news report, weren't they? And that the full package is on YouTube. So if you wanted to search and, and get more of the context around that Hamilton episode, you can watch the full episode. And I remember Mark Griffiths at the time also did a Wrexham in Crisis video where he walked on the race course and he, and he explains the perils and what was going on at the time. So yeah, if you're interested in, in that era, which is such a significant and important part totally. of our history, perhaps even more so important than the current era we're in because you know, that did decide the very future of the club, then go and go and search those out as well. But like you said, Nath, it's the fact that they are putting so much effort into the episodes. And again, it would be so easy for them just to, to cover the football, wouldn't it? But they've put fan yeah. stories in there. Rob and Ryan are hardly in it anymore, the doc. And I know that changes with these two episodes. They'll be back. They'll be back. Yeah. Well, they? this but week it, it changes it's... because it focuses yeah. on their visit and it focuses yeah. on them educating us about Wales. So it's just... It's really interesting, and everyone I've spoken to who's not a Wrexham fan has said, yeah, it's a really good, good documentary, because even from their point of view, I know it doesn't make sense to us, but I've got, I mean, at work, obviously, loads of United and City fans, because I work for the Manchester News. Sure. But they've all said, like, you know, we're not that arsed about the football or the results, because, you know, they don't watch non-league football. You know, you want to see the goals, you want to have some sort of narrative in it, but it is those personal stories, and it's the owners, it's the charm but it's also how genuine they are, which I think has really struck a chord with viewers. We we spoke to Peter Griffin, um, not the Family Guy. Uh, I, every time I say that, I get all these texts about you know Family Guy, whatever. But no, of made the Maidenhead chairman, and that was obviously he gave a little bit of insight, didn't he? So go back and listen to last week's one, even though we haven't played Maidenhead yet. Give some really good insight into the doc and streaming on last week's episode. Um, dorking in a Wrexham Wonderland, that episode, episode 84. And, you know, he, he was talking about, about that, that game and what it was like n- next to them, and they were very nice and everything. I'm just fascinated to see, like I say, we, we haven't seen it, and by the time this comes out, we'll have been able to watch it. But I'd love to see what happens with Bryce, you know, the Bryce sending off. I still can't get over they confused Bryce and, I say they, the referee confused 
Bryce and Paul Mullen in the sending off. So, you know, there was I think there was a story that you could see Bryce peeking out of a little cabin to try and see the pitch. Obviously, you have to go to the dressing room and you're not allowed to be in view of the pitch. So I, I think that'll be a belter. And then it seems like coming up soon, we've got that hour special of, of their visit to Wrexham. So a lot of really good stuff to come and some great memories as well, Rich. You know, around that time, there's so much so much happiness in the air and reliving that i know we end up you know not getting the result we wanted at, at, at maidenhead but you think it was it two two years ago this week that things started to move in terms of wrexham have been approached by an unnamed bidder it's uh it's been one heck of a ride two years down the line been one heck of a ride and most importantly it's a ride that that's not over yet but yeah, like you said Nate, it is two years uh, i think even maybe to the exact day is it that 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 yeah, the, the day we're recording this, the Wednesday, two years since we got that famous tweet. Wrexham supporters trust board called SGM following a bid to purchase the club. And, and the yeah, rest, and then, as they say, is history. And here we and are. And if you look at the replies now, lots of people speculating who who it might be. And say, there's some, some people saying, you know, that's what we need. Some saying, let's be cautious about this. Who knows what's around the corner? But, wow. The rest was history, like you said, and yeah, very exciting and, and so nice to watch it all back in the dock as it unfolds as well. So yeah, like we said, this week, episode one, The Wide World of Wales, episode two, Away We Go. It's the reality check of the Maidenhead defeat in their first game. Of course, the first ever scene you see in the dock is recorded the day after that Maidenhead defeat, where Rob and Ryan see the, the Kairas for the first time, have that really personal moment on the pitch. And of course, if you want more episode guides, they are on robryanred.com. Go to the blog, the Welcome to Wrexham section, which is our effectively our blog. And there is an episode guide there where we've put all the latest uh, episode descriptions and, and the titles of them as well. I think that goes up to episode 10, does it now? 11, 12? I think it might even go a bit further than that. I think it might be at 14, 15 now, something like that. It goes, it goes, it takes us right up until the Dagenham game. Uh, where obviously it didn't go to plan. Yeah, so we're always updating that again. I, again, like if you haven't made it your homepage, you could do that. I've got my August review on there. There will be a September review as well. But yeah, we don't always sort of tweet or post when we've updated the website. But as Nave says, yeah, the, 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 we've added more uh, descriptions. So there's Sack the Gaffer, Wins and Losses, Worst Team in the League, A Hollywood Distraction, and Daggers. So yeah, very interesting. Of course, Worst Team in the League refers to uh, the game against Dover. Dover, which we all remember. Yeah, what a game, what a game. So there's so much more excitement uh, to come in that in that aspect. And of course, the Hollywood distraction is the uh, trophy semi-final against Stockport as well. And yeah, so it's going to get very tasty. Like we said, that was fact- so good, Rich. That was such a good day. Well, I mean, you both, I mean, we were in the... We were in the prawn sandwich seats, weren't we, for that one? Uh, thanks very kindly to uh, Red 10 People Development for taking us for that one, but... What a day that was. Just everything about it, just seeing Rob run over to Mullen at the end, the the goal, the Paul Mullen goal, the first one, and then oh, the, everything about that day was just so good. I know we didn't end up getting the trophy and, and everything, but football's about moments in time, and good and bad. And that was one that, in the last two years, that's been one of my favourite moments, that Paul Mullen goal that we've seen millions and millions of times. And that's what we got last season. Yes, we didn't get the end goal that we wanted, but I loved it because there were so many moments, so many last-minute winners and yeah, just just great times and hopefully many great times ahead. I know lots of fans will be looking forward to Oldham away. Tickets went like gold dust. I completely forgot to buy them, logged on and managed to get two about 25 minutes after they'd gone on sale. So fortunate to do that. I was starting to really feel sorry for myself. If you thought my tale before was, you know, self-indulgent, I really did feel so sorry for myself when I missed out on all them tickets. But frankly, did get some. Notts County as well. As well, Those away tickets are on sale to uh, season ticket holders at the moment. Personally, I don't expect that one to sell out anyway. We hardly ever sell out when it's a more accessible kick-off kick time, never mind a Tuesday night away Rich, I'm in, day. I'm in, a, I'm in a situation where I'm either, I'm either in Nagoya, Japan... Or Nottingham, England on that Tuesday night. So, uh, yeah, flip a coin. I don't know where I'm going to be, but I'm going to be in one of those two places. So I know where I'd rather be. You, we all. I mean, we do that to the to the listeners' imagination of where you'd rather be. But there you go. I mean, one of those places, either for work or just for fun. Um, 
We'll see. But I just want to say as well, belated happy birthday, Rich. I can't go this week without the episode without you turning another year older, a couple more grey hairs settling in. What did you get up to? Anything exciting on your birthday? Went for went for a little... Obviously, I just had a nice lazy morning. Yeah. Then had the mild stress of realising that I'd forgotten to buy Oldham tickets because my phone had exploded with messages of, off you and in, in our in our group and our, we've got a sponsors group as well just saying oh those tickets went quick and I was like oh for f- I completely <laughs> forgot about the tickets like I said managed to get two in the end completely far apart so I I'm going on record now if I'm sat on your seat at Oldham away I apologize because I had to get two tickets and they they're in the same block but they're not next to each other so I'll ask nicely, and but you know it's in a way. Bring on unreserved seating. Yeah. That's what bring, I say for all games. Bring on, bring on, bring on unreserved. Um, yeah, went out for a nice meal. Went and played some lovely mini golf uh, in Manchester, which was fun. I had a very lazy night. Lots of cake. Yeah, it was good. It was really lovely. nice. Thank you very much. But you know, Tuesday night was the real present. Watching Wrexham beat Dagenham. <laughs> And this weekend, Nath, Southend away, a game that was briefly covered in the dock, you know, earlier on last week when they they didn't show the Wrexham goals. They showed both of Southend's goals. It made it look like it was a loss. I know Rob came out with the, the message afterwards saying that you know, some def- draws do feel like defeats. But Southend away this weekend then. Wrexham second in the league, Southend 14th. They've got eight points from eight games. They almost did as a favour on Tuesday night against Chesterfield. Of course, they took a 2-1 lead. Callum Powell on the score sheet there. Dakar scored as well. The 10 men of Chesterfield fought back and won 3-2 though. Credit to them. Southend, what are we expecting? They looked pretty decent at the, the Kairos at the back end of last season, didn't they? But we, we, we did still you know hold on and, and get that win but yeah it's a real real tricky one to call I, I have no idea what Southend team will see they could be absolutely incredible I mean they create so many chances but I think they're the most inefficient team in the league or there's some something like that that they create so many they need I think a fan was set telling me that they need about 30 chances to score one while it's slightly hyperbolic clearly they do need a lot of chances and it's amazing to see the the redemption of Callum Powell. You know, with us, was described as an Instagram footballer and, and not serious and wasn't very popular. And now he's kind of a go-to scorer, go-to creator for Southend. It'll be interesting if we see Jake Hyde. You know, I was led to believe that his loan agreement is making him eligible to play. He'll probably start on the bench again, as he did on Tuesday night, if he is able to play. I have no idea what to expect. Honestly, Rich, I have no idea what to expect. But right now, with the way Wrexham are rolling, you've got your Ford Mondeo down one side and the Mendy machine down the other. Or what can I say? The Mendy Mazda? I don't know cars very well. Mendy Mercedes? No idea. There's lots of M's that could have gone with. Pretty much anything other than machine. Um, but, you know, we, we have to be confident that we're going to go there and get a win. We, we were talking about the five games before this run started. We've got 15 points out of 15. It's, it's it's a tricky one to call always on the road, but as we proved at Woking, we've, we've got the spirit to go and win games this season that we couldn't last season. That's that's the key. And on the flip side of the South End issue, we score goals when, you know, we, we can score a goal with only having one chance in the game because we've mm. got that incredible attacking line. And I, Everyone will know on this podcast, I'm an eternal pessimist because I look at South End and say, ooh, they're mid-table, but it's a proper stadium, you know, it's Wrexham away. <laughs> I've got to get out of that mentality myself. I keep on telling the players they have just to. Put that in the bin. I but mean, five, Paul five wins. Paul... Yeah, go on, Rich. Go on. I was just going to say five wins in a row. I do think there'll be a drop off at some point. If, if that's a draw, or whatever. I don't think it'll be the end of the world. And I think fans will need to, you know, just appreciate that that happens in football. But you look at our next our next fixtures, and we said how important it was that we have a strong September because October there are some big tests in there, and. Why can't I keep going? We've got South End away and then Torquay at home. Four points from them. You've got at least. And then Oldham Six away. Six points for me. Yeah. Six points for me. And I think I think look, I I, I think Notts County is the one. That Notts County and Oldham in, in a couple of days, that's the big test. That is the acid test. You know, can you come through that? That, that they'll be the first big games, particularly Notts County. You know, that'll be that'll be the first really big game against the team we expect to be right up there since Chesterfield. 
and, even, and, and that will even be... Oldham though if we go into Oldham away which yeah. is going to be our I think maybe our most tenacious test of the season in terms of oh, they'll be bang at it they will but, but if we go into that game as you know clear favourites to win as well there's an extra pressure on top because you know traditionally Wrexham big crowds big away days you know some of the expectation doesn't always get delivered so if you go in Oldham away sell out away and hopefully some more tickets as well there's got to be a, a different element in that one but I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that one. So Southend this weekend. Mike Fond up, Mike Fond up against Aaron Hayden, or Mike Fond up against Max Cluworth. Ben Tollett against. What are we worried about? Against. What are we worried about, mate? God, that's got to get clipped, isn't it? Um, so Nath, Southend this weekend. You expecting the win then? I'm gonna go Wrexham to Southend nil. Okay, I'll be bloody optimistic as well. Yeah, 3-0 Wrexham, bring it on, bring it back. And there are three points, and we will be back next week to dissect whatever does happen at Roots Hall this weekend and look ahead to that match against Torquay on the horizon as well. So, Nafe, thank you very very much for joining us on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Thanks for having me back, and, and hopefully... Hopefully another win to add to the pile because it's fun. Winning is fun, Rich. It's uh, it's it's not something that I'm ready to give up in a hurry. And hopefully you enjoy the podcast as well. If you do, please leave a like and subscribe. And yeah, like we said, word of mouth is the best way for us to grow. Like we always say, Rob Ryan Red on all the socials. A reminder, we are on Facebook now. So if you can give that page a like, that helps a lot. And again, Nafe's article will be on robryanred.com. Take care. Back the boys. Make some noise. Here ga Lexam. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.